Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. What's up and welcome to another episode, episode five of the Grindline podcast. It's been a while. This is Tyler here alongside Greg and Ryan. Ryan, how are you doing tonight? Oh, not too shabby. How are you guys tonight? We're, it's a dead season. We're, we're all waiting. starting for to pick you. up a little bit. I mean, uh, I mean we're, we're waiting for non-depressing news. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Greg, do you want to get right into it? Yeah. Tonight, we're going to talk a little bit about the Dylan Larkin contract. It's been about a month since we've uh, put out a podcast, and that happened uh, randomly one afternoon. Then we're going to give a little bit of an update on Henrik Zetterberg, and then we're going to talk about the current Red Wing cap situation and what needs to happen if we want to play some rookies. But I think we'll start with Dylan Larkin. We all know that Dylan Larkin was signed to a pretty hefty contract. Five years, $6.1 million, which is, I, I feel like that is a home run contract for someone like Dylan Larkin that you're going to make the captain of your team and he's going to be your star player, your 1C going into the future, especially with Zetterberg's uncertainty. Ryan, what do you think about the Larkin signing? Uh, it's about time. I mean, yeah, you don't want to rush it and because of what he uh, had shown since he's pretty much been on the roster. Yeah, he had the sophomore slump, but you could tell from day one that he was going to be the type of impact player Detroit was needing. He's not the true goal-scoring threat that they're hoping maybe Mantha will become or maybe possibly Zadina. But he's a guy that, especially last year, even going through all the ups and downs of the season, when they put him on the camera after the game was over, he had that character that you would expect of a team leader and a captain. And I just, it was a no brainer. And I think for the price, it's over 6 million. I get it. He's out. He's making more than Z, but I mean, he also led the team in points last year. He dominated with the setting guys up. And that's why he led the team in assists. I know people are freaking out that he could be a possible defensive liability, but if you put him in the right spot, he's going to make things happen. He's just aggressive. That's why he loses the puck the way that he does, and he's still young. I'm not really going to fault him for that. So, to me, it's a it's a no-brainer home run, and I, I fucking love it. Tyler. Yeah, I agree. I agree. The one that I kind of compare this to is the uh, Leon Dreisaitl situation. Had, like, one really good year and then got 8.5 for seven years. And, you know, as as okay as I would have been with that with Larkin, I'm so glad that they're only paying him 6.1 a year for five years. And, you know, that's one of those deals where, like, if he doesn't play that well and he isn't the player we thought he was, like, it doesn't hurt us long term. It doesn't, you know, it's not an eight-year deal or a seven-year deal where it hurts us long term. Now, you know, it's only five years, and if he doesn't do that well and, you know, something happens where he doesn't end up being the future captain, then, you know, we're not killing ourselves long term. Um, 
the term is great. The dollar's great. He's only 22 years old. He's coming off one of his best years. I thought last year was one of his most complete years, even though the first year was really a good half a year. Uh, and uh-huh. then, you know, the sophomore slump in year two. But it's a home run. I mean, there's no other real way to put it. I mean, if you compare it to a lot of other contracts in the NHL, I mean, that's perfect. David Posternock got like, what, 8.1 a year or something like that? And I get Posternock's a goal scorer, but typically centers get more money than wingers, and he's making less than Posternock. So I'm really happy about it. Uh, Greg, what are your thoughts? Well, I, I'm, I'm the same, but uh, you say there's nowhere else to put it. I say that people on Facebook say differently. So we're going to read some oh, uh, some, some <laughs> people from Facebook's comments about the Dylan Larkin contract. Oh, we will start with this. Personally, I feel he is slightly overpaid for someone that only gets 60 points. Nylander on the Leafs is better than Larkin and will get around 6.6 to 7 million. Then if Larkin got 6.1. Okay, I, the, my first reaction to that is, he said someone that only gets 60 points. You know, every team's got only. eight or nine guys, eight or nine guys that get 60 points, right? Uh, like, come on. You know what that sounds like, Greg? That sounds like a guy that doesn't watch that much hockey anymore besides no. the Red Wings. And, like, it's still stuck in the 1990s where everybody scored 60 points. Yeah. The goalie sucked. And I bet you that Nylander gets around the same contract as Larkin. Because, I mean, Nylander put up more points, but, I mean, I, I don't even see the Leafs possibly keeping Nylander because he's going to cost too much. Mm-hmm. So, here's, a, here's another gem from Facebook. Man, 6.1 annual wage, typical Ken Holland, 1 million too much. Nice to see him locked up, though. <laughs> Look, $1 million, $1 million was going to make a difference. What's incredible to me, and I didn't want to jump in on you there, Tyler, but like the price over these next several years, if you haven't been paying attention, which obviously these jack wagons haven't been, the salary cap is going up. Yep. And we're shedding contract. Yes. That's huge. He did this, and I think it was in Craig Custance's article, how he is looking forward to the future. He has a a cap-friendly price. He knows what's happening in the next two years with how much shit's falling off. He knows some of these guys that are going to be free agents coming up, like Eric Carlson, for instance. He did this because he knows he can help make the team better because they can get better players. (sighs) I know we we don't like comparing this to, like, other sports, but, like, I mean, Tom Brady has never been even in the top 10 in most paid quarterbacks, and his team is much better because of it. And it, it, it's kind of similar. That's what the Red Wings are trying to do. Larkin's taking less so that someone else, you know, like Carlson or whoever it ends up being, will be able to sign that higher, you know, higher dollar, longer term deal with the Red Wings, hopefully. Yep. So here's here's one of my favorites. Uh, I, I actually answered this person first. I said, it's okay to be wrong. And they responded with, sure, but I'm not. What has he proved? He has he given uh, he's had it given to him. He should have been in the AHL for at least one full season instead of given a spot in Detroit. We say he's the next Stevie, LOL. It will work out just like DK, Morazic, and Nyquist did. <laughs> like, like you, it's, it's not even comparables. Those aren't no. comparables. 
I mean, he, I love that he's trying to compare players that don't even play the same position, first of all. <laughs> and then also, uh, the inconsistency of Marazic coming through. DeKaiser had that one great season, but it was because he was so sheltered and protected. And, I, and great is a stretch of a word. And neither of them were first-round draft... None of them were first-round draft picks. Nope. Like, and, the, and then these next two, the uh, one says, underproven, overpaid. And the other one says, oh, paid too much, not impressed. So oh, there gosh. are some people on Facebook that that are not fans of the Dylan Larkin signing. And to those people, I say, you don't know shit about hockey. You don't know shit about how contracts work. Uh, and you like to bitch just a bitch. So got to find a problem with everything. But we will move on to the <laughs> – instead of making everyone extremely angry <laughs> – we will move on to the Henrik Zetterberg update. So Ansar Khan, who is a beat writer for M Live, the Red Wings beat writer, came up with an article. Was that posted today, the 21st of August? It was yesterday, I believe. Let me yep, see. today. Today. Is it today? Yeah, it okay. Today. So they posted an article yeah. today. Uh, he did a mailbag in which uh, Ryan will read you the question he was asked and his answer. Go ahead, Ryan. So... The Ansar article starts basically right in the heart of gloom and doom. It states out that the usual is going to take place mid-September. Everyone's going to report to training camp, which would include Zetterberg. After that, as many are speculating and believing, it's likely that's about the most we'll see of Henrik Zetterberg. Uh, the obvious thing that has to take place is he has to take a p- of his physical to even take part in camp. And if he's cleared, then he's going to test it which there's the possibility that he is clear to see what happens and goes from there. But it, as to quote Khan, he goes, realistically, it doesn't appear that he'll play again. So I will let you go with that one. Yeah, so that's pretty dark. I mean, it's kind of what we expected, and I'll let Tyler expand on it in a second. But I think we kind of expected Z with, with how hush-hush the organization's been how Holland said, well, his back's been a problem, not looking too good. And then Blaschel was on 97-1 the other day, and he said, yeah, Z, Z couldn't practice the whole ha- last half, and he had to push himself really hard to even play the last half of last season. So, I mean, we kind of saw this coming, Tyler. Yeah, I mean, I kind of said this uh, when we did our last podcast, and, you know, I kind of said I thought Henrik Sederberg had probably played his last game as a Red Wing. And, you know, I mean, as sad as that is to see, I mean, the team's going nowhere. So you put yourself in Henrik Sederberg's shoes. You know, the nice beard, you know, you got hair, you got probably a nice girl, wife and everything. And, you know, you've won Stanley Cups. You've you've done everything you've had to do. Actually, he just had the one Stanley Cup. He has a gold medal as well. You've done everything you've had to do as a hockey player. You've performed in the postseason, regular season, everything, put teams on your back, and now the team's not that good anymore. And they, even with you at full strength, you probably aren't a playoff team. So is Henrik Zetterberg going through not practicing, not doing all this? Is that even helping the team at that point in time? No. I mean, it, it, for him, it's probably just like, you know what, like the team's not going anywhere. Uh, you know, at least this year. I mean, the only thing I can really bring is uh, leading by example. And I'm still, you know, he's good, but he's not great anymore. And for him, it's probably just not even worth it. Your thoughts, Greg? That's, I mean, same. I'm uh, I'm going to agree with you. 
that it's not that it's not worth it because the money is lower. It's that it's not worth it because why you've got kids, you've got a wife, why continue to play and then possibly have something horrible happen to where you, you can't walk anymore. Mm-hmm. Or, I mean, look at Franz and play with a concussion, get another concussion, get cleared, get another concussion. And now his life's like a living hell. So, yep. I mean, it's at this point, it's not about money. I see people online all the time. Like, well, if he was making $7 million this year, you bet his ass would be on the ice. I go, I don't think so because he makes his money regardless. Yep. He goes, he goes on, on LTIR. LTIR. Yeah. There's no cap implication. We're not going to get hit. He still makes his money. It doesn't matter. If I was him and I couldn't and I couldn't practice the last half of last season, I would have stopped. I wouldn't have even kept playing. I would have said, put me on LTIR, bring up a kid, we're done. But I, I can understand him wanting to play out the last half of the season to maybe get to a thousand points to whatever he wanted to do. But I I think he's done and it's sad. And whoever went to that last game last season, good for you. You got to see Zetterberg's last game, but I think he's done, honestly. He'll help in camp and everything and he'll be a scout for the wings, but I think that's it. Yeah, I, I agree. I will say one thing, and if there is one thing that, you know, I remember about Mike Babcock and, and you know, how, how much he spoke highly of Henrik Zetterberg and everything. I mean, obviously he's a consummate pro and everything like that, but he even used to say, he said that Zetterberg had that back surgery, right? And yep. d- during that 2014 injury-riddled season for the whole team, and he said that he was at his office at like 9 o'clock at Joe Louis Arena, and he heard some weights in the weight room, and he goes in there, and Henrik Zetterberg and Pavel Datsuk, both on injury reserve, are in there lifting weights. So that's how tough and how how much these guys love the game. And now, you know, we can go on and on about how Datsuk left and how people are, are, are sour about that. But Zetterberg, if there's one thing about him, he's probably going to try to play. He's probably going to try to come over at least, and then he's probably going to fail the physical, and that's going to be the end of it. That's my guess. Yep. Yeah, I think either way, and Khan's got a pretty good pulse on stuff. As much as I don't like his reporting, um, lately he's been pretty good. Yep. So I, I mean, him, Custance has even said, man, I don't, I don't know. I don't see it happening. There's a lot of people, a lot of the reporters have come through and said it. So. Yeah. To that point, it's just, I think what we were a couple of weeks, our last pod, but not quite a month ago, we were what 60, 40 on how we thought about Zetterberg. Yeah. I'd say it's safe that it's getting up to 90, 10, 95, five. You're you're probably close to right. I eighty twenty. I'm at maybe eighty twenty now. Yeah, I'd I'd go with it. I'd, I'd, I'm leaning more to a little higher just based off what's been said and how it's being consistently said, and especially off Holland's recent comments of it's not been a good summer, and that's yeah. been just there's it's a simple theme that's been going on with him, and it's I it sucks. But it does open up a little bit of cap, which is our next uh, topic here. So with the signing of Dylan Larkin, the Red Wings are really strapped on cap space. And if they want to bring in someone like a uh, Michael Rasmussen or a Philip Zadina, they are going to need some money. As it sits right now, if you were to try and bring in Rasmussen, his contract is $894,000. 
and you don't have the room to put him into your lineup. Nope. Even waving someone like a Luke Witkowski or a Ferk. Uh, Ferk might do it. Witkowski would not make room. Trading someone like Nick Jensen would not make enough room. You would need to get rid of a few million dollars in cap space to be pretty set in where you want to go with it. it. Zetterberg going on LTIR would free up $6,083,333. So people will say if Zetterberg goes on LTIR, people will say they're just using that to free up cap space and bring in kids like Marion Hosa, to which I will say, no, you idiot. He's had back problems forever. But I... That's that's what I see them doing. Maybe trading someone like an Athnacy or a Nyquist, but I, I see it playing out where Zetterberg goes on LTIR. Tyler, what do you think? Yeah, I think I think like like we said, I mean Zetterberg probably not gonna come back. I mean he may, like I said, go to training camp, fail that physical, and that'll be the end of it. And you know, they'll put him on LTIR. He's unable to play. They'll they'll still pay him. He'll probably do some scouting over in Sweden and that'll be the end of it. Um but I mean, that's that's the only thing I can see, other than you know maybe Zetterberg playing and then them making some sort of a trade where you you know you trade maybe in Athens to you like you said, or even um, you know there was talks about player uh, teams wanted Darren Helm last year. Maybe you could sweep pot. <laughs> well, exactly. Yeah, that's my point. You know, buy. Um, you know, you could probably even retain some salary in that kind of deal. Uh, because he does make what three point eight five, which is insane for a guy of his caliber. Um, but I mean, that's the only way I could see it shaking out, unless there's something really big like Nick Cronwall possibly not playing or something like that. See, yeah, I don't think we'd be that lucky. No, we're not going to get both of the uh, the Swedish goats off the ice this year. Uh, Zetterberg coming down and being off the books, I think that's their best bet and it's the likely yeah. bet. And if that happens, then we're definitely going to see that infusion of youth that we've been chomping at the bit for for years and years. I don't think the defense is going to be impacted in regards to losing a guy off. But in order, if Zetterberg, for whatever reason, stays around, I mean, every guy that we've talked about, unfortunately, just now, Helm, no trade clause. And that's a full throughout the entire this this current se- upcoming season <laughs> <laughs> guys like Darren that's that's how Kenny Holland was running this ship guys like Darren Helm were getting no trade clauses advocators and no trade clause oh through God. the end of 1920 and Nyquist has no stipulation it's his final year but it's a no trade clause so Franz also has a no trade clause and a no move and a no movement yeah. clause Jesus Mike so, Green has a no trade. DeKaiser has a no trade. Cronwell has a no trade. Erickson has a no trade. Trevor Daly has a no trade. Bye, Nick Jensen. Yeah, Nick Jensen's literally the only person you could get rid of. The whole yeah, but... decor has no trade clause. These are problems. Major problems. Yeah. The only other, the only other option is the dumpster fire of trading Zetterberg's contract to uh, Arizona. I, I, have, I have one other possible suggestion now i don't know if this is going to happen but i did see some rumors uh i think it was when i was on vacation i got an alert that said that the teams were interested in um jimmy howard that would be one thing that they could free up some cap space you know assuming zetterberg you know ends up playing or you know whatever ends up happening with that they could trade jimmy howard's contract 
Yeah, and I was listening. That's the thing. So I was listening to um, Red and White Authority, which is Art Regner's, actually the official like Red Wings podcast. Yeah, and they had um, Jeff Salako on there, who is the goalie coach. And he was talking to Art, and Art asked about the goalie pro because it was a whole prospects uh, show. And Art asked about the prospects, like our goalie prospects, and uh, Harry Satar, Harry Satari, who yeah. we signed. He says he's NHL ready. He could step into the NHL right now. And they were really? talking. He was talking about Howard and Bernier and how and. and Art was like, yeah, so what do you think? Is it going to be like a, like a Bernier is, can play some games. He might get 20 games. And, and, uh, and Jeff said something to the effect of it might, uh, he's like, I don't know. Anything can happen. They might end up splitting games. You know, Howard's getting a little older. He's not as athletic as he used to be. So he was kind of like downplay. He was, he talked very highly of Jimmy Howard. But he was kind of the downplaying the whole maybe how he won't play so many games and, and stuff like that. And and we know that Sateri is an NHL goalie. He came in and played for Florida when Luongo went down and he did phenomenal. Yeah, so, wow. Yeah. Sateri actually played here in Worcester when the uh, Sharks were here. And um, my buddy's actually pretty good friends with him. He works in Springfield. And he was—he's pretty close to him. He's a very good goalie. He's—he's uh, he's pretty athletic. He, he did go over to the KHL for a while. He just came back over. He might get an opportunity this year if, if one of our goaltenders goes down. Yeah, and I think I think that would be—they need to test out Rybar because no one knows what he can really do. But mm-hmm. they're saying that uh, Hari Sateri is an NHL caliber goalie. Even if we traded Jimmy at the trade deadline or whoever at the trade deadline, he could step in and yeah. play. So Howard getting traded is, is probably very far down the list, but if it happened, there would be someone that could come in and, and play some games and Greg, until they figure out the situation. Greg, before we wrap it up, question for you, uh, and this, I don't know if you've had any knowledge about it at all, but I figured I would ask you just because. Um, Erickson had some sort of an issue. I don't know if it was last year or if it was two years ago. And they were saying that if he didn't get surgery, he probably wouldn't come back. What, do you know what the status is on that? For was his it, ankle? Was it supposed yeah, to be brain been, surgery? No, no, no. <laughs> or hand surgery? No, I, think, I think it was ankle surgery or maybe hip surgery. It was something like that. And I don't know if he had ever ended up getting it done or not. Because uh, I thought it was like career threatening. A oh, wrist surgery was his last big thing. Okay, so I mean, we can give him that. something that could give him a career-ending surgery. Yeah, he <laughs> fractured his wrist uh, in, in last February of last oh, yeah. year, okay. and he had surgery on it. Damn it! And he missed twelve weeks. Those were like the best twelve weeks of our lives. <laughs> but yeah, Jonathan Erickson unfortunately does not have any career-ending surgery that he needs to have done. I unless we can somehow stitch him to the bench so he can't move. But call, call Tess. Yeah, that's Tess. We need you. We need you to talk <laughs> about Jonathan Erickson. But uh, I am hopeful. We'll, we'll we'll end the show with this. What are you hopeful for this season? I am hopeful that uh, Chris Illich has the reins on this bitch 
says sit who's not performing and that person who's not performing is jonathan erickson and we get to see philip heronic come in ryan what are you hopeful for i'm gonna kind of go off the coattails there with uh the hopefulness but i'm gonna make it more broad and just keep it for more of a youth movement holland already made it clear that if and blashell has also made the point to say that if these guys are playing and they're playing well if they're at a tie, the tie is going to the kid, not the veteran. And that's at a, that's where this team is at, and they need that, especially for a defense that's so just fucking terrible. Yep. They need this, They need scoring, but they need some voodoo magic from Kenny Holland to actually make the get bring in the extra scoring threats and guys like Rasmussen and Zadina right out the gate. Yeah, I think it'll. I think it'll be a much more watchable season for the Red Wings this year. My hope is, like Ryan said, that. There is a youth movement, and you know, they instead of instead of you know Rasmussen and Zadina coming up and struggling a little bit, and then they get pushed to the third and fourth line. I don't want to see that this year from fucking Coach Blashell. I want to see if they struggle, they're going to struggle. They're young. They're eighteen and nineteen years They'll old. Learn. They're going to learn at the highest level. And nobody has ever been hurt from learning at the highest level. As long as you're not putting guys on the power play, the first power play unit, and then, you know, they struggle, you know, stuff like that, or putting, like, a rookie goalie in there. Uh, but as long as that, they're good. As long as they're good, you're fine. I mean, Put them with experienced players, and that's all there is to it. And the other thing to also be hopeful about is the impact that Dan Bilesma could have on these kids, too. Yep. Yes. And that's Absolutely. what I'm most excited about is for what he did with – Buffalo and how bad they were, they still were able to score goals, mainly power play is what I'm getting at, and what he, the impact he had on Crosby and those guys in Pittsburgh. So that's the other hope. Yeah, I'll say one – I'll take it one step further with the whole Bilesma thing. If Jeff Blaschel gets off to a rough start, he might be gone, and I think his replacement is right there next to him. I'm not convinced by that yet because of the state of the team. I don't think he's going to get the ax unless it's really, really bad. No, I mean, like, if it gets really bad early on, I think he'd be – and Bilesma would slide right in. We shall see. I wouldn't be mad, but I also wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't. Well, I we'll agree. see what happens. we got some time to figure it out still. Um, but I think that's all we got tonight. Greg, yeah. uh, you want to shout out your uh, Twitter handle? I'm glad we're back, by the way, but – yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at bringing the wing. Ryan, go ahead. At rdryan33 is my handle. And you can follow me on Twitter at sealdog91. You can follow the Grindline podcast on Twitter at Grindline Pod. You can also find us on iTunes. You can find us on Google Play, and you can find us on Stitcher. And I believe you can find us on Spotify as well. Um, For Ryan and Greg, I'm Tyler. Everybody have a good night and stay classy, Hockey Town. We're looking forward to the season.